So if you end up hearing a fly in your headphones, you're not imagining it. I don't know what the fuck's going on, dude. Like, I don't know if it's this light. I just don't want to knock him in my coffee. Bitch. 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 He's close. I can actually hear him in my headphones. Yeah. Not bad headphones. Or mics. Alright, we're live. We're on air. What were we talking? Oh, uh, salmon fishing. Mm-hmm. Random. Good way to start it, though, man. I was just excited. I, uh... What's good reason? Yeah. There's nothing like being out in the water and nice, cool river. Running between your legs and you're on fish on a hole. Especially they're happy midweek. The sound of the water alone is nice. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I am excited to use that reel though, man. You, uh, that reel you got me for, because you're a good man. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's going to be, it's going to be fun. I've got some backing, but I want to, I want to get better backing before I spool it up. Because once you put the amnesia on it, you got to peel everything off it, you know what I mean? So, Oh, yeah. I'm probably going to order some Cortland. I don't know if I'm going to go gel spun because you don't hardly ever get to your backing. Gel spun's a little bit more pricey. Yeah, but I mean, there's good reason. It's thinner and it's tighter. So, so do you got to turn that into a spay when you use gel spun no it won't slip through no it's not um it's thinner i don't think it's that much thinner though i mean i know you can if you want to spay with it but usually if you're going spay you're going like a lot lighter lot lighter line you know gills gills right gills steelhead you know steelhead usually use a really light line that fly is gonna annoy the fuck out of me dude dude don't let it get to you it's it's already gotten to me <laughs> look at that fucking piece of shit grab him just just fucking ninja his ass <laughs> i don't know why he won't land that's what that's what's pissing me off is he's not landing so here we are on father's day Yep. How was your uh, weekend, Father's Day weekend? It was good. It was good. I uh, I ran up and dropped some plants off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let me just mic for you a little bit. And then... Uh, You're good. Keep talking. And then I went up and seen my dad. And actually we had uh, tried on tuxes yesterday. That's right. We went and got fitted. Yep. Went fitted. and got fitted. Fitted. Got the big wedding coming up. Mm-hmm. Yep. The 5th, 8-5-23. It's going to be a good one. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a hot one. It's going to yeah, be a good it's one. Yeah, it's going to be hot. It's going to be hot. It's going to be here and gone before we know it, though. Oh, yeah. I, uh... Yeah. It's coming up quick. We're pretty We're pretty all, all set up. Seems like... Three months ago, you were telling me about your trip you got coming up. 
And then, uh, yeah, fucking, got that trip coming up. I leave Wednesday. Fucking three days away leave, from it already. Yeah, I leave three days. Going to Amsterdam. Going to Amsterdam. Well, are you excited? Yeah. I think that goes without saying. How many days have you had off leading up to um, this whole week? I took a half up? day Wednesday, so a week. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's good. Like you were saying, it gives you time to relax. Get kind of in that zone before. Mm-hmm. Not carrying work stress with you or dealing with stress up to the point. Give your mind a chance to melt. Yeah, we can come up with positive excuses for it as far as I also can adjust my sleep schedule now that I'm not working so mm-hmm. I don't have jet lag. Mm-hmm. That's a valid point. That's a valid point. Well, not just that, but I mean... Just getting a little more sleep in general. Mm-hmm. You know? Just, yeah. The mental health aspect of it. Give your brain a chance to relax more. and I don't get a whole lot more sleep on my days off, but, but I guess I relax a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. I'm... And the brain's probably not as activated. I mean, it's not like you're not doing shit still, but it's probably not... Uh, Crunching numbers and working on angles and all the shit you do with work. So trying to think three steps ahead so you don't fuck something up, you know. Yep. And honestly, with what you do at home, a lot of times you can just kind of lock into your task, you know, other than turn apart your carb or whatever. You just oh, that's simple that's, shit. Those are the ones you just lock right into. Yeah. You don't want to finish till you're done because you got open parts out shit laying everywhere or you don't want to be done till you're finished and then uh, yeah <laughs> yeah you don't want to walk away from it for a week right <laughs> so but once you get the mindset you want to do something that's fun i was texting my buddy i was like man i forgot how much fun this was during it and uh <clears throat> rebuilding your carb yeah just yeah yeah once you get your mindset on something and you want to do it just yeah take it apart clean it Put it back together, fire it up, go play around on it. What were you rebuilding the carb on? Um, 450 YFZ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, flex on it a little bit. I think it's <laughs> badass, man. Yeah, it's it's fast. I've had a lot of people compliment me on it, and uh, I got a good deal, and I didn't put a whole lot of money into it, but... It was pretty hooked up yeah, when you got it. Yeah, it's been... All the mods are done. It needed oil mod because uh, that year they had bad oil flow. It didn't spray good, and then uh, it was powder coated. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's kind of custom, set up for really drag racing dunes. And it does a good job. Drags your ass across the yard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. yep. Oh yeah, we had some close calls with it. Yeah. You want to tell that story? When it pants deal? <laughs> oh, yeah. I was showing off to my brother. <clears throat> I, was, I did like a little wheelie, and I was like, well, I'm going to get a good one. I was like, hey, Jaron. I had him look over and just throttled it. And it jumped back about as hard as it could. It broke the grab bar off. The only thing stopped it from flipping on me was my ass. <laughs> yeah. and, and it just kept, and then once it kept going forward, it was just dragging me in my ass <laughs> and then uh finally it popped up right and uh i jumped off and all i had 
was uh, my band of my jeans. <laughs> it and, trapped uh, you, bro. The, the whole whole back of me was just shredded down. I still got a scar. Grass stained and scabbed. <laughs> yep, my brother was laughing so hard. <laughs> Worth it. Yeah. Worth it. Yeah, just a pair of jeans. Mm-hmm. I literally converted them from Levi's to assless chaps in like Had three seconds. Had to get seconds. a new tail light for it because it broke the tail light off. Uh, yeah, it was crazy. You were walking around like an old man for probably a month, dude. Mm-hmm. Bow fishing was difficult. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep, you just kept being like randomly, being in conversation, you'd just be like, God, my ass, dude. <laughs> God. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's good shit. I know, that's, and it's like dirty from the dirt. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> so, it's like, I don't know, people, if you play softball and you slide and your socks like fall or something, and you get that gravel and shit, and mm-hmm. you got to go home and you just got to scrub it. Mm-hmm. Pick all of it Clean out. Clean it, and it, that hurts worse than doing it. Yeah, and yeah. Then, uh, you know, and then after it starts scabbing up, every time you bend or whatever, it re-rips, <laughs> it re-breaks the scab open, and it's, it's just it's just a long process. Just wrap your ass in gauze. Look like a mummy from the waist yeah. down. <laughs> yeah. Ridiculous. So did anything help with that? Did you put, like, a... Gauze and spandex or something or what? How'd you? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Neosporin. Gallons. Just just coat it. Slathered. Just, just coat it, <laughs> and then just let it air out at night when you're sleeping. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Face down. Face down. Ass up. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. That's good shit. Yep. So what uh what what all have you done with that quad? I know you said you got some compliments. You got any stomp stories or? Um, I'm not the fastest dri- rider. That's pretty fast though. Better, better people, better riders than me have rode my quad and uh, have done better things. <laughs> Dakota, he's good at dry- riding quad, and uh, yep, he beat. Another expensive souped up 450. He'd be a Cannondale 525. And then uh, I th- a Banshee. I think okay. it was a Banshee too. So, mm-hmm. But yeah, he was in love with it. Damn, who was riding the Banshee? A toddler? <laughs> Not one of his buddies. I was going to say, those fuckers get fast. Yeah, they has got that power light. band. That two stroke. Mm-hmm. Just when you Just when you put down your gun. Every time. You hang your bow up on the string to let it down off the tree stand. You look make eye contact with the deer as it hits the ground. Every time. Mm-hmm. Not every time. But that's what just happened. He set the fly swatter down and the fly landed by the fly swatter. Fucked up. Oh ah, damn. Not enough. We'll get him. We'll get him. I don't. Uh, you you were saying you listened to the podcast with Zach. Yeah. For, for, was it the? F- yeah, I did. Was it the second one? We started off with the fly buzzing, and then like twenty minutes in, 
Like, he hit it right by the mic, dude. It was perfect. Fucking whack. You could hear it. Mm-hmm. Hoping for the same kind of same kind of reaction here. Content. <laughs> well, Netherlands, dude. Netherlands. Yeah. Walk me through the plan. Not a, not a whole lot. Uh, How many days are you going? We'll be there 12 days. Okay. Um, basically, you're going to leave Wednesday. We're going to stop halfway in Ireland, Dublin. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm probably going to get, uh, if they have a non-alcoholic Guinness. They should. I have yet to try one. We're going to try it. How long is the layover? Hour. Hour. Damn. Yeah. I think we were talking about it. On the way back, it's three hours. But still, that's not enough to go check out the plan or nothing. So It's not. Checking out that brewery would be fucking bomb. Dude, I know it. It's on the list. It's on the list. It is. Get harped up yep. by all sorts of their merchandise that you can only get there type thing. Right, right. Okay, so your layover is in Dublin. Yeah. And then um, uh, first day, you're not probably, or the first layover, probably not going to do much because it's only an hour, but. Right. Probably not going to do anything. Get back on the plane, and then we get another hour and some change to the Netherlands and Amsterdam. We'll get there about 9 in the morning, get our bags, take the train in to town. Um, Taking the train. And then. Uh, you know how about how long the train ride is? Fifteen minutes. Wow, that ain't shit. That ain't enough time to even put your feet up. Mm. You're gonna be looking out the window the whole time, hands down the window, just yeah, watching shit. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, then we uh, we're probably just trolley to our Airbnb. We're right in the middle of the city in the penthouse. That trolley is gonna be fun, dude. Trolley. Then we got a lot of a lot of biking over there. People. Riding bikes from what I hear, and it's going to be a new fun experience. I'm pretty excited. New food, get to kind of see the culture and the tourists, uh, tourist zones when you go to some of the attractions. You'll be able to see, like, all walks of life. And mm-hmm. It's sad because I feel like with, with <coughs> social media now, with everyone being connected online, it's in person you see people all day every day in stores mm-hmm. and you really rarely make contact introduce yourself and you guys are doing the same thing and it's just like everyone just is rushed all the time and i feel like even with social media and stuff it's actually it's made the face-to-face communication worse yes. and i'll see i know it's like that even in the bigger cities the more populated you get but I don't know. I wish it was just like... I think it's worse. It was more like a music festival where people are just wide open to just come out and hang out and talk. And you know what I mean? That's um, that's what I, the experience I'm hoping, but I'm not getting my hopes up. Because <laughs> I know, yeah, in today's era and how people are, and I don't... <coughs> I haven't really been to a big city like that. I that, mean... Uh, I might have to make make my first greetings... That's kind of, that's a tough one, because I know here, big cities, personally, I think it's worse, because 
Honestly, I think it's the more populated of an area you get, the worse it is because you don't really feel a connection to your neighbor. You don't. You're right. You don't feel a need to. The smaller you get, to a point you're relying on your neighbor. And right. You guys have to communicate. So. Right. I mean. And then when you're literally. In a city with a hundred thousand plus people, I mean, how you know, up to ten million. I mean, how often are you going to actually interact with somebody that? you know or have a close connection with like you talk to somebody one day and they're like oh hey i live in the same apartment building you know like what are the odds you know what i mean because there's so many people there's so much area and like you said a lot of people are rushed dude they're just going to walmart or whatever to get some buns for their burgers because they forgot to grab buns right. you know and they don't have the time because they got to get home or yeah they're on their lunch break or everybody's got their day planned because everybody's working so fucking much work is a time suck like you you say yeah. that word a lot. It's, um, a, it's a time suck, dude. It sucks. And even the type of work, when you used to be in sales, would you say that you were more outgoing when you were in public than now that you see the same people every day in a factory? Yeah, 100%. Same when I worked at the Boo. 100%. And I mean, don't get me wrong, it's not that I don't enjoy people. <clears throat> Something happened, though. I mean, I've kind of acknowledged it where, like... uh I don't know, I've, like I've grown some social anxiety that I never used to have. And I mean, a lot of people probably wouldn't think that, you know, because I can converse with just about everybody. But You it's fight like, through it. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Is you like, hide it well. It's, um, it's kind of immersion therapy that I, I try to continuously do. Like, there's times where I'll be like, hey, I should say something to this person, or hey, you know, I should acknowledge somebody standing right here right now and i don't and those that always bugs me but when i boil it down it's always comes down to the fact that like for whatever reason i was anxious like when i go shopping if i go shopping alone i get anxious you know how my add is dude like i can go in for one thing and i walk every corner of the store because while I'm here, let me look at, and then I forget what I was going to look at, and I see something on the way there, that, and it just, it gets crazy, so I get anxious because of that. And then you add in people. Like, one thing I do like to do, though, if I see somebody that's wearing, like, a veteran's hat, right? I go out of my way to thank them for their service. And that's another thing that kind of, in a weird way, helps fight through the social anxiety, because it's like, if you have... For me, if I have little things like that that I I have to acknowledge, you never know when you're going to see somebody that has, you know, a Vietnam hat or an Iraq or an Afghanistan veterans hat. And it's like, I wasn't expecting this, but now I have to at least acknowledge it, you know. And that's one thing that kind of keeps, I don't know, the door open, I guess, where it's like if I see something... Like to see something say something, you know, it kind of helps fight the anxiety because I know that if I'm going to go out in public, there is that possibility. So it does open me up a little bit, but yeah, 100%. When I was doing sales, dude, it'd be nothing. Just nothing. walk, just walk nothing. up. And I mean, there'd be times I'd even try and challenge myself. Like, you see somebody holding two things, and it's like, oh, I can sell them on one of them. You know what I mean? You just pick one, you, you, t you just spend five minutes talking to them. Hey, you know, I, I've I've used that dish soap. I haven't used this other one. But I can tell you from my experience, you know, don't look at the price. Because 
how long is that dish soap going to last you? They're like, oh, yeah, you're right, you know. Probably get a month out of it. It's like, all right, so another dollar <laughs> over the course of a month. Like, what are we... Do you work here, sir? Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I don't. Uh, no, sir. No, sir. Always on the job. I, I I'm used, on call. Yeah. <laughs> I could go to any aisle and talk any woman there into being excited about seeing titties. For real. After working at the VU. For real. <laughs> yeah, dude. No, I'm just kidding. You could, though. But I probably could remember that chick. At Myers? At Myers. They called us dogs. Dude, that was ridiculous. No, no, no. That planted. Oh, my first. God. Yes. Yes. Did we tell the story the first time? No, we haven't. <laughs> I think we did. No, I don't think we did. I don't think it's on record. Oh, it's pretty funny. So it was like, what, 2, 3 o'clock in the morning? Oh, yeah. <laughs> We're in. Lan- I lived in Lansing. I worked at just... I don't even think I started my first day at data. No, you hadn't. (laughs) But I got the job. (laughs) All right, so we're in Myers like 3 o'clock in the morning. And I don't remember what we were there for. Something stupid, like drink drink ingredients or something. I mean, it could have been Minute Maid. Could have been Minute Maid, for real. So we're there like 3 o'clock, we're checking out, and then... What do you? What would you say? Like twenty people walk in. Yeah, from a bus. From a bus that's parked outside by the front door, party bus. And they're being loud. There's like ten dudes, being super loud to the point where I heard one of them ask where the restrooms were. Mm-hmm. From, two hundred yards away in Meyer. <laughs> anyway, so we're checking out. And there's all these people. And we're just kind of talking shit. Well, then we walk outside. <laughs> And as we're walking out the door, there's like a slight gradient. It goes downhill like maybe three degrees in the parking lot. So there's a slope away from the door to the parking lot. You couldn't even sled down it. If you rolled a marble, it would take 200 feet for it to hit three miles an hour. It's that (laughs) slight, dude. It's that slight. Very slight. And what did you see the second we walk out the door? I seen everyone get off, and then there was nobody. Nobody. For a minute. (laughs) And then this... Young lady. She's probably mid, late 20s. Yeah, I'd say mid 20s. Mid 20s. She's still learning how to drink type 20s. Yeah. She uh, comes stumbling out and she was like trying to find the restroom, I think. She was starting to walk towards the door. She's doing like the zombie walk, but without the arms out. (laughs) Yeah. And then like she just started like turning like. Like a like a like a putt, you know, like a putt on a golf course where where they do those those wide hooks. Dude, that's exactly what it was. Did that? She just like as she's looking at the door still, she's walking to her left and she's like fading out to the parking lot. Well, then she's turned completely around 180 in front of the van, walking towards the parking lot or the bus. Yeah. And uh, she gets out there about I don't know 20 yards, and then we get in our vehicle. And uh, we decide to follow her. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. it was like, what is this What's girl up to? She's scheming. She, where is she going? She's yeah, she's going to break into a car or something. She's, I don't know what she's doing. <laughs> she's, I don't know what they, uh, well, anyways, <clears throat> she finds her car. She must have parked there earlier because she uh, runs over to it. And uh, 
Maybe it wasn't her car, but I don't she, think it was, dude. But she, she parked by a cart corral. This yeah. car was right next to a cart corral. It was a cobalt, <laughs> cobalt, blue cobalt. <laughs> and she uh, she falls and just bangs her face off the rear corner panel, and her head bounces off that, and then hits the cart path or cart <laughs> cart. Yeah, uh, hits hits that low bar gate. of the cart corral. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah. then uh, she hits the ground. And we're just like, ooh, ooh, ooh. ooh. So then we just see this. <laughs> I don't know if he was, uh, he was probably the same, roughly same age dude just come running from the bus over to grab her. And he was pretty buzzed up. He was pretty buzzed up. Yep. And uh, he threw her on his shoulder. She's the one that did that. And he looked at us like he was disappointed we were watching <laughs> or something. Like it was our fault that she looked like she got roofied and. Try to run. And uh, he bends over, throws her over his shoulder, and her just titty pops out. And I'm just like, geez, old Pete's. I just started working at the boo. Haven't even started day one, and I'm just seeing titties all over. Fucking circus, dude. God. Yep. And then he just uh, hikes her back like a bag of potatoes. Yeah. And she was slumped over his shoulder like a bag of potatoes. Yeah. <laughs> We didn't stop laughing about that till like the next morning. <laughs> Seriously, it's pretty good. I know we chuckled the whole way home. Don't see it every day. No, but yeah, dude, like you said, when she stepped, like the let's say she stepped out facing north from the bus, mm-hmm. she slowly started turning northwest, then northwest west, then west, and then southwest west. And then southwest, and the next thing you know, she's just going straight fucking south, dude. And with that slant, dude, it, she started like speed running. Up. Yeah, <laughs> she's like it was pacing. She yeah, was she... like falling forward for like a block. It looked like she couldn't stop. Like she was trying. Honestly, dude, maybe she was just like you know how in driver's training they're like, hey, if, if you think you're gonna wreck, try and find something soft, go off the road. Mm-hmm. That's what it looked like. She was like, let me just veer off here and have this car stop me. But yeah, dude, her head bouncing off that quarter panel and good. then hitting that fucking cart corral. Punk, pink. <laughs> I don't mean to laugh about it, dude, but she piled right up. Yep. Classic. I got a video of me doing something pretty crazy like that on Sarah's phone. Passing out? Falling? Falling, falling. I don't know if you ever when? seen it. No. It was uh, downstairs in my basement. Okay. <laughs> after making like a trick shot on the beer pong table. Okay. <laughs> and I slipped. Oh, at the old house? At the old house. Damn. You had to see the video. Damn. <laughs> Looks like I snapped my neck in it. It's pretty good. Damn, dude. That's not good. I mean, it's good that you didn't, but fuck. <laughs> Why is that not online yet? I don't know. <laughs> Dude. We'll it's have weird to... because you almost got to see it on her phone because when she sends it to me, me having an iPhone, it comes back like blurry. Mm-hmm. So it's got to go through and then get turned into the data I can receive and something. And it, it's just weird that it's not a better connection to the two biggest phones. You know, They do that on purpose. They're a bunch of hood rats. I'll have to uh, put it on the Whistlepig YouTube That'll be good shit. And then we can just reference it every now and then. Hey, check out Ryan yeah. skipping it. Yeah, could you make my uh, 
the face of this, that video? I could. I could, dude. Just have her send me a screenshot. I could definitely make this no, episode. <laughs> no, you just... It just constantly plays. Oh, no, I can't do oh, that. That'd be cool. I could turn it into a short, though, so, like, when you hover over it on YouTube, it'd just be you going, whoop, 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 fucking <laughs> vaudeville or whatever that'd it is. That'd be good. That'd be good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not gonna lie, though, that, uh, you said trick shot on beer pong. Mm, I know where this is going. Do you? Kenton. Over the shoulder. Kicking it. Kicking it. Sinking it. Swish, <laughs> dude. I'm not gonna lie, that fucking... We went hard. That went kitchen hard. popped, bro. Everybody at the same time. Like, it got quiet. Just literally... Alright, so just tee everybody up. Can't remember if... I got a return ball, right? Somebody tried to block it. I may or may not have been in the sling. <laughs> you... I think you were in the sling at this time. And, uh, that day incident. <laughs> yeah. Because of that day. Yeah. <laughs> Classic hospital trip. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Pre-party uh, wrestling, dude. Just give me a Norco. I got some partying to do. Yeah, they're I, like, do you have insurance? I was like, no, they're like, take this sling and these Norcos and get yeah. out of here. <laughs> you weren't here. <clears throat> yeah. So, and dude, at that time, like, remember how, Watching people like try and finger the ball out as it's rimming. Yeah. And they whoop, lift it. I got pretty decent at that. There was there was a time. And I remember in this particular game I had fingered like three or four balls out of the cup, right? So I was already feeling it. And I think that's kind of what led me to do the over the shoulder shot. But anyway, so I get this return ball. And if anybody that plays beer pong knows you take your shot, you get your ball back, it's a trick shot. Well my trick shot I was looking at the cups. I threw it over my shoulder. And I just kind of lifted my right foot. And I was wearing those Lacoste flats, dude. Mm -hmm. Just like a pong pad. Classic. And this motherfucker arced over my shoulder. I kind of see it going toward the cup. And I'm like, as it's going up, it's got a nice high arc, and I'm expecting it to hit the ceiling. But it was such a high arc, dude. When it landed in the cup, it just fucking hit the bottom. You know what I mean? It didn't touch any cup. And everybody lost their shit. That was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. It was pretty cool. Jungle juice. Dude, yeah, that five-gallon pail. Remember that shit? That five-gallon pail was crazy. Dude, it wouldn't last. There was a couple parties, like, just the pre-party, people setting up, and that fucker was gone. It's like, that's five gallons with a fifth of 150, or not even 151, Everclear in it. Fucking four-fifths of Smirnoff fifth of blue caraco you know what i mean and then lemonade or whatever else and it would be fucking gone at least within the first half an hour of people showing up we used to get rowdy over there yeah yep yep i remember when aaron fell down the fucking stairs all the way to the lake <laughs> i've never even been down them steps dude it's a long ways it's a shitty hike up Especially if you're buzzed. But this motherfucker, there's like a little landing. Uh, probably two-thirds of the way down. And this motherfucker hits the landing. But he had just enough energy that like it was a nice slow roll. <laughs> Dude, 
kept going. <laughs> and then, yeah, he hit the stairs again, dude, and he flip, 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 flip all the way down the lake. And wow. I can't remember who ran down to get him. I think Jesse was the first one to run down there, but when he got down there, Aaron's face was, like, just in the water, so he had to grab him by the hair and pull his head off so he could breathe. <laughs> it's like, dude, mm-hmm. what the fuck? Yep, and then that rope swing... I only did the rope swing one time. First time didn't go well, and I was like, fuck that rope swing, dude. Fuck Damn. it. Yeah. The slip and slide. I wanted to do a slip and slide down that hill, too. I thought that would be a fucking blast, dude. Just fucking overlap tarps all the way down that hill. Like, you start at the top, oh, yeah. and then you don't know where you're going to stop, you know what I mean? But you slide from the yard, and the next thing you know, you're on a fucking roller coaster just straight to the lake, dude. On a tube or something. Yeah. That'd be yeah. fun. Never did it, though. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Crazy shit. Yeah, that was a good time. It was. I don't uh, I don't see or talk to really any of them. Tucker once in a while, but... I'd like to have T-Tuck on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. McLaren. Yeah, T-Tuck McLaren. A shout-out if you're listening. I want him to come on, and we got a couple stories, but... I was just thinking about this the other day, dude. I don't know if I ever told you, but there was one time him and I were camping back on the high banks, and uh, we were going to shoot fish. This was probably like mid-May, late May. No, it might have been June now that I think about it, because mosquitoes were pretty thick. And uh, worst mosquitoes I've ever experienced on the river. Seriously. Wow. That's, Terrible. That's a statement, though, because I've... It is. There's some... I hate that shit. They're bad, but, dude, these motherfuckers were like, you couldn't... Like, there was a haze in the air because the mosquitoes. So we're going, I guess, it's you see the east. new shit they're coming out with to kill them? No. I support it, though. <laughs> yeah. Well, basically, it just <laughs> radiates heat. Okay. And it draws them to it. And then collects them. And I guess it works pretty good. Really? I don't know. I'll have to look into it. I'll have to look into it too, but it's worth it. It works. Like like how big is it? No, no shit. Like a half a loaf of bread. Yeah. (laughs) Football. Football. I don't know. Not to fit a lot of mosquitoes. Yeah. Fuck. I mean, that it sounds like science that should have been around in early 1900s. Crazy. Yeah. That's, um, they suck. Yeah. But we were heading east on the Maple. You know where the bridge in Bridgeville is? No. Like, go, <clears throat> so you leave Grandma's, take a right at that first. You get the pavement. Oh, the ping pong? Ping pong. Oh, yeah. Paint, paintball bridge? No, no, no. Um, so, like you're going to Bex? It's, it's not that one that, that loops around that really small, little tiny, on the overpass of the road? Yes. Yep. Yeah, I think yep. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, so we almost get to that bridge, and then people just start shooting from Bridgeville. Oh, shoot. You're good. They just start shooting from Bridgeville. And, uh... We can, like, hear bullets cracking and hitting the fucking woods around us and shit. Yeah. So we just start yelling. Like, hey. Hey. 
you know. Keep shooting. It dulls down for a second. So then we just scream as loud as we can, like throats dry type shit. And we're still canoeing. Hey! Hey! And then all of a sudden, they start shooting again. And then shit's like closer. And I was like, fuck, dude. This is it. And like, as I'm thinking that, I hear a crack where one went over us. And then skip, one hit the river. Hit the inside wall of the canoe and then landed down in the bottom and was spinning. And Tucker was like, what the fuck was that? I was like, we just got shot, dude. (laughs) And this is like three feet in front of me, three feet behind him. So it's like literally a second, not even a second, like a half second sooner or a half second later. That had been one of us getting gutted, dude, yeah. Like it literally hit just inside the gunnel on the left side of the canoe. So it was like literally kidney height. And that dude, when that fucker like hit the, there was a dent in it and everything. I mean, it was long ways away, obviously, a couple hundred yards, but that fucker had some force, and she was still sitting there spinning in the bottom. So I kind of wanted to probably warm. Yeah, I didn't touch it for a minute, dude. I was just in shock. I was just like, let's get the fuck out of here, type shit. Oh yeah. 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 I remember we went to a B Pack Rager, me and Tucker, and you guys were talking on the phone while we were there we just got there about this show and about mr poopy butthole and Mm -hmm. his pesticides and i was just like what show are they talking about and that's what got me started watching rick and morty Morty. that b-pat rager was pretty fun i don't know what was going on with me that night i just i don't know had clarity i guess I danced a little bit. I screamed that a lot. Dude got a gun. Yeah. Stupid, dude. Stupid. Everybody's selling Molly. Rolling. I was rolling. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> I was going to... I was just, Yeah. I was taking Molly. Remember the videos and the pictures the next day? People posting, be Pat Rager, and there's, <laughs> like, people hanging out of a tent that's not even fully put up sleeping you know what i mean like their legs are out of the tent there's people sleeping in their truck it had potential and it was cool but it just didn't it didn't pan out they had what two or three stages uh they had the back they had two stages and then uh the one was like a dance they cleared a spot in the forest and yeah with neon and shit Mm -hmm. it was a good idea but nobody was dancing until we went back there there might have been like one or two people but like 30 40 people standing around it I just go out there and start doing the robot. And people are like, okay, I guess he can't dance. Let me go out here and not dance. <laughs> that was fun, though. That was fun. Right across from, uh, what's that raceway down there? Mid-Michigan. Uh, was it mid? International Speedway. Oh, that's right. The International Speedway, that's right. At my ass. Yeah. Good location. Yeah. Right across the road from it. Literally. Yep. That was fun. But yeah, dude. Didn't do any bunny hunting last year with you? Nope, nope. My uh, 20-gauge youth, it's got the extra full in it still, and Mm -hmm. Aiden's been using it for turkeys. For the Turks. Been doing good with it. Good. I got a... Got to get out for them rabbits, so I got about six or seven in the yard. 
Mm-hmm. Pellet gun. Freeze them. I don't think the old lady will let me. How often does she work? There you go. And she's <laughs> like, I don't know where all our Ryan's went. Or rabbits went. Ryan be like, yeah, I don't know. Yep. <laughs> Cats, probably. Pelts her in the trash. Cats, yeah. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. What are we having for dinner tonight? Stew. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Remember that day? This is stupid. I know you remember the day. We busted like 40 fucking bunnies, dude. Yeah. <laughs> we we couldn't take a break without busting bunnies. We we had our limit, so we threw them up on a pile to take pictures, and two more bunny busts out of yes. the pile after we were standing there for five, <laughs> six minutes. We're like, holy smokes. Yeah, what the fuck? Yep. Yeah, that was a good day. I remember the tractor going by and kicking up about yeah. eight, ten of them. Yeah. What the fuck was that about? They weren't even there the, the, the day before. Where'd they all come from? It was <laughs> yeah. like the bunny meeting. We found it <laughs> for the area, the county bunny meeting. Dude, seriously. Isn't it weird how like sunny days work out like that? Dude, and that, and that's what I was just going to say is like the weather conditions must have been perfect because like they were all in that fence row. It must have been just cold enough they were holding up, but just sunny enough that they were trying to get some sun close to the open you know what i mean and that fence row i don't know if like they were still getting sun and because it wasn't windy no like i don't know dude just weather conditions worked out perfect but yeah those sunny days dude they they get in the brush they don't want to be seen by those avian predators you know right but they didn't think about us Mm -mm. we shot some fucking bunnies dude yeah everybody at work's got a hawk oh no shit hunts with it that's legit. That hawk would have been burnt, dude. <laughs> that hawk would have been burned right out. Yeah, I love bunny busting. Me too. Yep. You couldn't you couldn't spit your dip without jumping a bunny, dude. Yeah, it's always fun too because if you shoot one, your buddy has to carry it. Yep. Yeah, that's how we play. You know, you shoot a bunny, you don't carry it. Other person carries it. Mm-hmm. If you don't want to carry it. Shoot the next one. Mm-hmm. A little more incentive, man. Adds adds fun to the, adds a little bit of competitive element, but adds fun to the hunt too. Like, hey, dude, shoulders getting tired over there. How's your back feeling? Mm-hmm. Need me to take a couple of my bunnies off you? No, mm-hmm. no, I got them. <laughs> mm-hmm. How's it going over there? You still got chew spit in your beard? Yeah, fucking Clayton. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, winter was the worst because that shit would freeze. I know. You know what I mean. <laughs> Yeah, he never seemed to mind. No, no. He never seemed to mind. That's what that's what always got me. That's what always got me. Oh man! So you do uh, most of your fishing around here? Uh, as of the last couple of years, yeah. I got that uh, bass tracker to try and get the family out on the water a little more you know on the water instead of having to bank fish but um i've got to get that nine nine going and then that boat i got to figure out how to get it registered because i don't have the title you just go to the state say yeah. it's a salvage yeah and then uh i could put that night get that nine nine going and yeah you'd definitely be able to use that dude that would be nice. Hear me out, though. I don't want to. You just 
you reminded me. I don't know how, but this just popped in my head. I don't think I told you. So I took the family fishing two weeks ago. And we're standing on the bank just above the dam, right? And a couple dudes put their boat in. And one dude goes upriver. Boom. Other dude boom, goes upriver. Cool. We're sitting there fishing. Like we're 150 yards from the boat launch. You know what I mean? Like a half hour later, the first dude comes back. And then he just anchors up like right off the boat launch. And he's messing with his fish finder and he's jigging. And I see him catch a couple fish. But he's seeing me and Kia and Bree catching fish. So he just starts trolling down towards us, right? Next thing I know, he's straight out in front of us, casting. I'm just like, what a cunt. Right. You know what I mean? Like, you have the whole, you have a boat first off, and you went upriver. You have access to fish we can't get to, but you see us catching fish. So he's anchored up for like 15 minutes, 20 minutes, and then he starts trolling toward us. And I'm like, this fucking guy. There's a couple other people fishing along the bank closer to the dam. And he's so close to the dam wall as he's passing that they quit casting, right? And I'm like, what a fucking piece of shit. And then he's up there above the dam in that deep, deeper water. And he's there for maybe ten minutes. And then all of a sudden he just pulls up and fucking motors down right along the bank, dude. On plane, probably doing 25, 30. Wash, I mean, as you know, wakes, right? Right. But just washes out the bank, dude, like where we were fishing, all the bluegills and shit we were catching. Couldn't see shit because it was muddy like 20 feet out because he fucking wanted to yeah, be a cunt. And then he loads his boat up and leaves. They probably don't use their head. He probably don't even know how selfish he was being. He does. Dude, he saw us catching fish and was like, there's fish down there. Right. Let me go down there and see where there's fish. And then just to mess with somebody because they're just impatient. Yeah, like he trolled all that way down. Why didn't he motor down and then motor back? He trolled that whole way down. He could have definitely trolled back. You know what I mean? He only trolled 150, 200 yards. What's that? Another two minutes of trolling at full heme? How illegal is it to pull up with the airboat 180 and then take off? Take someone's wig right off. I don't think it is. It's not any form of harassment. Not unless you're talking shit. Lawn furniture. Gone. Gone. But here's the thing. If you don't do the first strike, I mean, I think it's fair retaliation. If that is the first strike. It was an accident. Then again, I wouldn't do it on the first strike unless it was an accident. But if you want to you wanna come and I've had guns pointed at me mm-hmm. with the lasers on them spotlights i get spotlights friendly you hit me twice hey you got your bride out there that's the most respectful thing you can do to me with letting me know that i'm harassing you with my lights and loud boat is is a couple flashes clicks couple clicks the best thing you actually could do is come out and wave yeah staring that's I get a lot of staring, but as far as... That's a bright boat. Like, letting me know that you're not happy. Just a couple flashes, and I'll politely move on to a different <laughs> dock. Um, <clears throat> but if you start yelling, screaming, trying to ruin my night, 
I'm going to make a game out of it. Yeah. Because it's going to be just more enjoyment for me because I have the right to be out there. Well, that's the thing, dude, is it's, I'm exercising my rights as a sportsman. I'm legally licensed. Everything's legally licensed. I'm within the limits of the law, 100%. I'm engaging in an outdoor activity that I have the right to engage in, and it's a legal outdoor activity. You don't have grounds to come out and be like, you can't be out here. I don't want you out here. I don't want you living out here. How many other people do you harass? Right. Like, I don't want you to be alive. Like, <clears throat> does that matter to you? Just like you don't want me out here doesn't matter to me. Yeah. You know? Like, I don't give a fuck if you're out on your jet ski or if you're out riding around on your bass boat. I'm not going to talk shit. That's your right to exercise that. But then when you start fucking like that guy that was washing out the bank, you start fucking with other people's experience or their ability to exercise their freedom of hunting, fishing, whatever, then it's an issue. Then it's harassment. Like, uh, I know what you're saying, though, like the whole game thing. Because, like, Bree and Bradley and I went out, Dakota. That night we got shot at. Noodle arm. Yep. Just getting pissy, trying to throw rocks at the boat. It's like, dude, you struck first. So now I'm not going to shoot at you, but I'm going to talk shit, you know? Was that a noodle arm you got there? Mm -hmm. You know? So then he goes and gets his gun and shoots at us? Like, the fuck? Yeah, what the fuck? Yep. I mean, that's that's why the boat's going to stay strapped, bro, because it's like, all right, that blue laser will be your first warning. After that, dude... I don't know, man. Harpoon them. <laughs> I mean, honestly, dude, it's like, I've seen videos of guys, like, wading out into the bay and grabbing a boat. And yes. Tra- and trying to, t- trying to steer it away or trying to, like, intimidate the people on it. And the guys on it have their guns, and they're like, the fuck are you doing? Like, literally wading hundreds of yards out into the bay in the dark where they don't know where the fuck they're walking. They don't know if they're going to walk into a hole or fucking six foot of water or anything. They're just... Angry, dude. Anger. It's like, okay, so in the morning when you get your fucking ski boat out and you call your grandkids to see if they want to come tubing, I'm going to be out here fucking popping tubes. That's crazy. They you just know? can't, yep, they just can't enjoy their place in life. They're angry people. Jaron just sold the job two days ago and it was on uh, uh, Silver Lake. Mm hmm. And. He said, yeah, he's like, they have a beautiful house on the lake. They keep all the windows closed up, and they're just in a grumpy mood. It's like, if you could just listen to them waves all night crashing. Why? Yeah, why? And I get it, dude. Occasionally, and it's not every day, dude. It might be a month or two that you're hearing bow fishing boats and generators. Like, a lot of these boats are LED, so they're silent. You're just dealing with light. Airboat is quiet, dude. The generator is louder than the fucking motor. You know what I mean? Most of the time, unless you're on the throttle. Yeah. But it's like, you're literally dealing with... I miss that. Oh, the, the prop? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Wish I was on it right now. Yeah. <laughs> but literally dealing with that um, that momentary inconvenience, dude. And my argument, too, is it's like, okay, let's say you live on the bay. You worked hard for your position, your money. Don't be selfish, because you know that that lake's not yours. You wanted it for the sights, right? 
the views, the experience, but you're not going to get a sunset every night. That's not how it works. You're not going to get to listen to... I mean, if you want that, you move up on a lake in Canada where nobody's on but you. Right. If you want it to be your fucking lake. Then on top of that, like some of these smaller lakes around here, dude, no problem during the day, jet skiers out there, wham, 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 fishing boats, fucking ski boats, all day. But the second it gets dark and nobody's on the water and you're out there with your lights, there's a fucking problem. Right. People are out there with their bonfire. They're like, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to see that. It's like, what have you been watching all day? Other than hearing kids screaming on boats and watching jet skis. Go inside then. Yeah. What are you? Shut your eyes. Yeah. I don't want you out. Well, you've been on your boat all day. I can't be on mine. Right. You know what I mean? Wah, 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 wah. That shit annoys me, dude. Uh, unless you're on it. It's one of them things that Yeah. when you're sitting there tapping yeah. a pen, you don't notice it. But the guy next to you is like, that's annoying. Yeah. No, that, that, that's a good point. I mean, like when you're drifting walleyes yeah. and there's jet skiers 60 yards from you and just wah, 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 wah. It's like, come on, dude. That's true. But then when you're on the jet ski, I mean, I try and I always try to steer clear, at least give 100 yards. I do. But there's times you can't because a couple boats are... Small lake. Yeah, or they're heading in a certain direction, so you got to, you know what I mean? It's just, I don't know. Sometimes it doesn't work out. But yeah, dude, there's there's something about uh, entitlement. Yeah. Like, you don't have the money to live on this lake. You don't deserve to enjoy it. It's like, fuck you. Right. You know what I mean? If you're not going straight out from the boat launch two miles offshore, like, what are you doing out here? It's like, well, all the fish I fish are, I don't know, within 100 yards of your fucking shoreline, dude. So how much of that do you own out into the water? I'll stay off it. Well, Well, I mean, technically, if the water gets high, I don't even have a yard. That's technically the lake. It's like, you're right. So when that water gets high, guess where I'll be? Dredging your yard. <laughs> Is isn't it like if it's a beach too, you get like twenty five foot? I don't think so. No. Whatever, because legally in Michigan, dude, you can fish off people's docks. If it's in the water, it's part of the Michigan water. So like, you see, you, that makes sense. Yeah. So let, let's say you've got, you know, a dock. You got a house on the lake. You have a dock. You go out in the morning. There's somebody on your dock. That's legal. Now, if they get in the water and then walk to the next dock, you literally can't do anything. If they walk off that dock and step on your shoreline, like on land, then you can call the cops and say they're trespassing. They're going from dock to dock using everybody's property. But if this motherfucker decides he wants to put on waders, stand on your dock and walk to the next dock and walk down to the next dock, you can't do anything. Nothing. Hmm. They can get off their boat. And get on your boat. You can't. You, you can, they can't get on your boat because it's still property, even though it's on the lake. But a dock is not property, right? Yeah, yeah because it's it's a permanent structure or semi permanent structure in the lake. So, like your boat, you know what I mean? It's private property. It's titled. It's licensed. I get it's in the water, but it's still somebody's property in the water, right? But the water itself, if you have a permanent structure in the water, like or a semi-permanent, like a dock, that's fair game. 
but a lot of people don't do it because of the problems that come with it. Karen's calling people, calling, being like, hey, this guy's fishing off my dock, this guy's fishing off my dock. And a lot of people just don't want to deal with it. And honestly, a lot of homeowners don't realize that they're putting a structure in a lake that's public. It's like a tree stand, dude. You go out and uh, out on state land, right? That tree stand is not yours. It's the state's. But if someone wants to get hurt on your tree stand, that's their problem. Like their problem. Yeah, it's that's not yours. Yeah, that's. If someone wants to get hurt on, let's say they have a floating dock with a slide on it. I'm pretty sure it'd be their problem. Because that's the thing, dude, is like, there's a little bit of loophole protection. Because let's say you go out to your tree stand in the morning, you put foot on it, and that fucker breaks. Somebody could have cut your chain or fucked with it, or you just put a shitty strap on. But if you go to step up on somebody else's tree stand and it breaks, I mean, you're assuming, one, the risk of, or the liability of using the public property. You know what I mean? Like, what happens if you get shot out there, you know? Well, who shot you is going to be liable. But if you climb a tree stand and that there's nobody around, I mean, if there's signs of sabotage, I'm sure there's some liability. But if a chain just breaks or if a tree falls when you're in it and it takes you down, I mean, even if it's somebody else's stand, that's you. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, it's crazy because I think it's after June or maybe it's May. I used to know a guy that would go tree stand hunting. He just walk around the woods with a set of like uh, climbing sticks or whatever. All right. Some bolt cutters. And after that, it's fair game. You want to leave a stand up all year? He goes out and clears litter. You know. So yeah. That's not how it works. First day I ever chewed Grizzly Straight or Copenhagen Straight mm-hmm. pouches. I went and put up a tree stand. And I was uh, four days early on putting it up. And when I came out, the DNR was there. And he made me go back and take that fucking thing down because I was four days early. Damn. He walked back. With you? Yeah, and I cleared a little area. And I mm-hmm. was going to go lay some some uh, corn and acorns and stuff we had a bucket of. And we uh, we didn't get around to it, luckily, because I don't think we were able to bait state land right at that time it's our laws changed Mm -hmm. quite rapidly all the time throughout my youth all the time and uh yeah he made me take that thing down i had to go back next week and put it up that's another thing people don't understand either is like you can't cut trees down but you can trim limbs on state land so like you're walking through the woods and then all of a sudden you start seeing trees that are cut at like knee height little trees it's like that's legal as fuck i mean unless you have a permit to go out there and harvest right. wood you can trim limbs but you can't cut trees down you know yeah which i don't even are you even allowed to burn dead wood when you have bonfires and stuff on state land no i don't i don't think so not without a permit right like what like you're saying if you go camping yeah. somewhere which is no. so good for the woods for you to pick up the dead stuff and get it out of there it is i mean it's not like um I don't really think that that gets enforced much until there's, like, high fire risks. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Because of that. But then again, I mean, it probably depends on where you're at, too. If you're in a heavily populated area, you know, that's surrounding a little state land patch. You, a lot of people don't realize, too, you'd need a permit to stay for up to two weeks, I believe, on state land. Yeah. So. 
But again, dude, that's just the little shit that, like, you start reading the laws, you know, it's, oh, it's great, let's throw a tent and, or a couple of hammocks or something in the kayaks, and let's just kayak back somewhere, find a spot to stay on the river. Get away for a while. Yeah, and there's more than just doing that, you know. There shouldn't be. There shouldn't be. In my opinion, there shouldn't be. It should literally be, um, I don't want to say a right, because I don't think it should necessarily be a right, but a privilege. It kind of, I mean, without you being able to do that, you're kind of born into this world in debt. Yeah. Because if you, if there's no property where you can just move to and live off of without some form of payment, you're literally born into debt to this country. That's a good point. The only reason I say I think it should be a privilege is because, uh, let's say you have a repeat offender that, uh, he likes to go out every weekend kayaking, takes a case of beer, leaves his cans, leaves his box, Litters. right, leaves all of his shit everywhere. It's like at that point, you can revoke a privilege. It's a little bit harder to revoke a right. You know what I mean? I mean, you can if you can felonize them or whatever, but, you know, that's the thing is like, what is it, California or someplace has that three strike law mm. where literally if you steal a Snickers bar three times, you're looking at 20 years, you know? Wow. And they're, don't hold me to that because I don't know 100% if that's where it is, but it's like, you can't, I mean, now I don't think it is. You can steal up to nine 900 some dollars worth of shit and I get prosecuted, but... Maybe it's New York, but anyway, there's a place where, <clears throat> at least one place where you can fucking look at life for three petty crime misdemeanors. So it's like you have a homeless dude that right. is going to fucking die. Would he rather risk life in prison where he's going to be fed every day? Or would he rather risk dying on the fucking street for stealing a Snickers? You know what I mean? It's, an, it's a zero-sum game, dude. You die of starvation or you're too weak to fight somebody off at night because they want to sleep or you're sleeping or whatever. Or you just go to prison and you're safer and you get free food. Right. Like, what's the incentive? Because then the state's making money on that life being incarcerated in a system. While they're on the street, they're not making money, you know. They actually have to spend money, keep shelters open, try and incentivize people to help. I don't know, it's fucked. I don't know how we got on that, but... What's the, what's oh, the answer to the home, homelessness? I think it's pretty complex. Put them to work? No, man, I think the first thing we should do is, like... Okay, so what do you think about doctors being paid like they're paid? Certain doctors, psychologists, surgeons, they're making a lot of fucking money. They are. You sit down to somebody and do like we're doing right now, and you talk to them for an hour... But just because you have a little bit of, I don't even, I don't even think it's like, uh, that good, but you have a little bit of, I'm going to say history. You've learned history on people, right? Mental thoughts and behaviors. Well, and then their job rarely affect, it doesn't really affect their paycheck. Basically you can go in there. They can do a bunch of tests, send you a couple places, still not know what's wrong with you, and you still got the big bill. There's no accountability for them wasting your time on top of 
charging you for not even figuring out what's wrong with you. Right. And that happens a lot. And that deters people from even going because then they're stuck with a bill and they're in the same spot they started. And it's not like yeah. for an average person to have a $1,200 to $2,200 bill, they don't, they don't have that money sitting around because they're trying to give the best they can give to their family and if they have that money it's there for a reason for savings so and if they set it up on a payment plan dude that's 100 bucks a month for a year plus one to two hundred dollars a month and i mean fuck what is that you know yeah well two years or yeah a year for 1200 bucks yeah plus the interest or 200 if you're paying off 24 you know But, but that's the thing is like what what could that money go to groceries your right. kids back gas you know fuel to get to work and back vacation Which, at one point there were supposedly bills where they were supposed to um put in detail on what your money went towards and they pretty much just leave it broad like they always have so you don't even know where your where the money went right yeah you can't track it right it's uh it's a monopoly now with where I was going with that is like the way these guys are getting paid like a psychologist or whoever oh yeah could do like us right here and just sit and talk and there's no guaranteed diagnosis there's no guaranteed like even a life coach right because everything in everybody's life is at a different level of chance you know what I mean it's a combination of how much work you put in your motivation your passion, the quality of the work you put in, but also a big part is luck. Excuse me, if you don't bump into the right people, if you don't make the right phone call, if you don't have enough money at the right time, you can't invest in this thing to get ahead. Like, it's a huge part of luck. So they can can help you get on a path, or like like a psychotherapist, they can kind of diagnose you with, okay, you're schizophrenic or whatever. But again, that's based on short-term history. Like, how long have we been actually, like, how much history do we have of, okay, this is going to lead to this, that's going to lead to that. Like, maybe 150 years. Well, that's the thing. They they find something to, to mitigate the problem, but they don't. I mean, once they see it mitigate, might mitigate the problem for a couple, they use it as sales. They don't care how you end up. Exactly. End. And they don't want you to get better too quick because then you quit coming back but these motherfuckers getting paid what they're getting paid and then you've got these places that are trying to work on the homeless problem and every year they're giving themselves raises they're getting paid 100 200 300 dollars a year to help fix the homeless problem one that seems backwards to me but i feel like instead of sending money to ukraine we should dump that into urban areas that are run down we should dump that into like the homeless thing, for example. Why not incentivize psychiatrists or apprentices to start working with these people and say, hey, okay. And then just diagnose them with a the problem. Be like, okay, you have a drug addiction. You have compulsive disorder where you, you get $7 and you've got to go spend it on a lottery ticket so you can't save, right? Let's first diagnose the people with what they have. The people that maybe lost their homes in the housing crisis, now they're homeless, or they lost their homeless because of a divorce. You can dig into that and be like, okay, clearly you have an alcohol problem or a drug problem. What's the source of that? 
Is it depression? Is it because something traumatic happened in your life? And then you can take the next step and say, all right, you know, maybe you were a victim of abuse, you know, and now you're out here being a streetwalker, you know, you've got a pimp and you can't save money because your money is dedicated to going somewhere else. And then just to get through the pain, you use, yeah, you use or whatever, you know, then we can actually figure out a good plan. But until like, we know what the problem is with a lot of them and people will assume and be like, Oh, you know, it's because they're drug addicts or it's because they don't want to work. It's like, that's not, you can't just group everybody there. Because, I mean, there's been people all that... All right, different story with every all walks of life. Oh, yeah, dude. There's people that they got... And it's not... You can group them saying that they're homeless, right? That's about the only group. You can't group them saying, okay, they're all drug addicts or all this. A lot of them share traits. A lot of them share, you know, certain things that they do or that have happened. But, like, um, let's say you got to do this an investment banker. He started buying businesses, and then they all collapsed. And he's got no money. Goes bankrupt, has no credit. Goes into a depression. That guy is going to need different help than somebody that's been a victim of sexual abuse since they were like five. Right. You know what I mean? But if we can start a program where we can get these people not necessarily housed, but help so we can diagnose, get kind of like a test group let's say even five years we can take we can take that information and actually make a good plan and i would say you start doing things like therapy houses just like um what are they the drug retreat centers so like people that are trying to get off alcohol or heroin or whatever they can go to like a, a retreat right it doesn't have to have a waterfall and all this beautiful shit but let's build an apartment complex where people are and I'm not saying a thousand people live in there, but <clears throat> you have homeless people. They're now homed. And now they don't have the anxiety of what am I going to do tonight, right? Where am I going to go? Am I going to be safe, right? They have a door they can lock and maybe they can start gathering possessions, right? And I'm not saying they're not going to have drugs in there. I'm not saying that they're not going to be bringing clients. You know, if they're a hooker, they're not going to be bringing clients there. But you can at least have a place where you can set rules and say, here's what we will and won't allow. And then as part of that, the agreement to stay there, they go through a daily or every other day therapy session where they're working with somebody who's going to diagnose a problem. And then you start, I'm not, and that's the issue we have with our medical community is that the insurance, right? I'm going to push you to this guy so he can collect on this part of your insurance and they'll push you to this guy so that he can collect on your part. But that's kind of what we need to do is then say, all right, these are the specialists you need to start working with. So maybe we have different houses all over the country where these people that are trying to recover from sexual abuse and find value in themselves, they get sorted out in this big facility and then they go to the specialist clinic. Somebody who's got a drug issue because or doesn't have a drug issue whatever because they've got anxiety you know maybe they're schizophrenic they don't need to be in a facility like that they might be better off in a mental health facility where 
kind of like a prison, we're taking care of them. You know what I mean? They don't need to be on the street worrying about this or that because eventually, you know, they may harm themselves or somebody else. And then once you can start cleaning it up, in my opinion, once you can start cleaning it up by sorting these people out, like here's some schizophrenics, here's some people who just have anxiety, here's some people who just have abuse trauma, right? Right. Once you start getting those categories, then you can start planning infrastructure to take care of it. Right now, we have tents and underpasses. That's it. Yep. We don't have anybody talking to them saying, hey, so what's your individual issue? Hey, let's figure out a way to get you out of the circle you're in because every night, you know, you're stealing or whatever, trying to sell things so that you can buy crack. Why do you want crack? What led you to try crack the first time? I know it. There's a lot of money to set something like that up because you'll need basically hospitals set up where people can come in for recovery. You're going to need, I know you're talking about drug addicts in prison, but I mean, most crimes, if not all crimes, have to do with a mental state of mind and all people need to talk to. So you could single yeah. them out and split them in prison or you can just help the prisons with resources so they can uh, get more one-on-ones. Yeah. And then... Uh, <clears throat> Yeah, I don't know. I mean, a, it's definitely not an easy problem. It's not quick because some people want to be homeless. I mean, and you're working. And that's fine. Right. If you'd rather be a transient and you like to travel, you like not having a home, that's a choice. Right? But a lot of these people, it's not a choice. It's a symptom of a decision they've made or something that's happened to them. And then along with that comes anxiety or trauma that they try to fix with whatever you know sex drugs crime you know something to get their mind off what and a lot of people i feel like revel in what happened to them they relive it daily you know i'm here because this happened when i was nine i'm here because i made this financial decision i lost my wife i lost my kids you know i mean that's their life you know what i mean that's not something we have to deal with because we haven't made that decision or had that happen to us, but that's what they live with and deal with every day, you know? I mean, in their shoes, we'd be just as acceptable to end up where they're at. What do you mean? I'm just saying if we were ever put in their shoes, we, uh, we'd probably end up in the same spot they are. Right, right. And that's the thing, dude. Like, the mental fortitude, like, one of the things I can't stand is when somebody gets an extreme amount of... And it's not that I can't stand it, but this is just the way my mind works, right? I know I've said it a lot. It's in extremes, and it's in contradictions. So, like, when somebody says something, I try and think of the opposite and see if it'd work, and then work backwards in a gradient, or vice versa. And, like, when somebody's, like... uh, I can't really think of anyone off the top of my head that I want to name... But, like, when somebody says, and I'm not even thinking personally, like, big spotlight people, right? When somebody says, well, you've overcome so much trauma and abuse, like, it's amazing that you've made it to where you're at, yada, yada. I kind of take that as a backhanded statement. Like, one, it is amazing that they made it to where they're at, okay? All your mental fortitude, the things you've had to overcome and fight through, it's like, yeah. But that's 
the extreme group of people. Not everybody has, like David Goggins, for example, not everybody has the mental fortitude from going from what he went through as a kid or when he was fat to being who he is now, right? Like, you know who David Goggins is? I don't. Okay. He's a retired Navy SEAL, and he went through quite a bit of trauma when he was younger. And uh, he was, he got in the Navy and was chunky. Yep. Couldn't, couldn't do anything hardly. Um, I believe he almost wasn't allowed to re-enlist because he had to hit a certain weight limit. I can't remember off the top of my head. I'm trying to remember on the spot. Um, but anyway, he's, he was scared of water, right? And then he just one day was like, why, why am I letting these things control my life? And then he started making that a daily thing. Then he started making that like an activity by activity thing. Like you want to quit right now? Why do you want to quit? Quit being a bitch type shit, you know? Yep. And he quit blaming everybody else for his problems and took ownership. And I mean, he made it through buds. He was a SEAL, you know. You got to listen to some of the David Goggins shit, dude. Like, it's fucking crazy. But now he's one of the most motivated people. And he's one of the people that people point at where they're like, oh, you can overcome anything. It's like, that's an extreme mindset, you know. Not everybody has that. And now you're going to try and apply that to somebody that, for example, might be homeless. And then you're going to look at the same mindset of Goggins and be like, why don't you just persevere? Right. You know what I mean? You can't. Not everybody's built like that. That's an extreme person with an extreme mindset. That's on the far left of the category. Yeah, and he's at this point now where he's been in that mindset for years. Yes. So. And he wasn't homeless when he got that mindset. Right. You know. It's kind of like when I've been dieting on and off my whole life. So I need to diet. I know what to do. I, uh. I get on it in a couple of weeks, I lose pounds quick, and I'm off it again. And Sarah, she's been trying to lose some weight uh, to get in shape for the wedding, and uh, her dieting doesn't go very well. Just She's never had to do it before in her life, so she don't know what it takes. And for me, it's like, it's easy, just do this, this, but she's never had to put herself in that mindset, so it's not as easy as it is for me, who's done it multiple times. Right. Now imagine if she was 400 pounds, 600 pounds, and you're just like, why Why don't Why don't you just not eat? Why don't you just quit putting shit food in your body? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's that same mindset we look at with the homeless, a lot of us. And again, I just feel like if we could start categorizing people through um, mental evaluations, we could say, all right, you're clearly not a David Goggins mindset type dude. Actually, 99.99% of you aren't. Otherwise, you probably wouldn't be homeless. Right. (laughs) Right? So, if we could then figure out a way to uh, work with those people. And, dude, the infrastructure, if we wouldn't have sent $30 billion to Ukraine, and we said, okay, there's 50 states, let's give them all $600 million to build two facilities. You'd have a hundred facilities right now. You'd 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 be able to staff them, not just with uh, custodians, but with like 
and groundskeepers, but like with psychologists. Yep. You know what I mean? You'd open jobs, not just for the people maintaining the facility or building the facility, but also the people to work in it. And then you'd have a network where you could say, all right, over here in North Carolina on the beach, you know, we've got people that have been dealing with extreme anxiety. Or, hey, you know what, you're in California right now and you feel like you're too close to the people or the area you have regionally related traumas you know you don't want to bump into your pimp or whatever we'll send you across the fucking country like that alone just relieving that stress and then you can work on the mindset once people start seeing possibilities like you like you just said you start losing a couple pounds you're like fuck yeah yeah and then you're slowly it starts to fade you know if that's where you want to be if you're comfortable with it cool but if you want to keep going you know what i mean it's when you start to fade, what is it that, where you slip a gear, you know what I mean? Like it, It's weird because I'll get to a point where a little over 200, 220 maybe, and I'll look in the mirror and it's just like I had enough. I hit, I hit the switch. I diet. I get down to 180. But when I get 180, my mindset isn't to maintain it anymore it's to get back to 220 it's not i mean not trying to but right i, I give up it's like i've it took got work to get to 180 and uh, instead of me maintaining it's like yeah it's now you like got i'm a content buffer. with what i'm at now that's why it's like i don't know you got them people who diet for six eight months i like to get it done in like two months because i hate it yeah but i do it hard i do it i don't know if it's the right way but zero carbs, I don't eat apples or nothing, knock it right out. And after two weeks, it just, a pound a day just starts falling off you. See, and that's the thing, dude. Like, like you said, you know what to do for your body. You know what you need to do for you. We're just assuming that we know what everybody else needs to do for them, too. Right. You know? Like, there's probably people that have certain allergies to the foods you eat. And they can't diet the way you do, you know? That's why AA is pretty successful, I think, because it's, and you're in a room with your peers. Yeah. Of other people who are in the same, and they've heard it all. And they, uh, they've heard all the responses. And so they can really help a person because, uh, there's nothing you can say in front of a group of AA that is going to surprise them. Right. Yeah. That's the other thing is perspective, dude. You do group therapy, there's perspective, but also, like you said, there's a community. If you're in the community long enough, dude, you bump into somebody at Walmart that looks like they're struggling like you were five years ago, yeah. you might be more inclined to say something, get a little conversation going, and offer some help than just being like, hey, that person looks like they're fucking hammered right now, or she's tweaking, you know? Right. Look, at her, look at her tweak. You might be more inclined to start a conversation and be like, hey, What's up? You know. Yep. There's guys out there that, that do their podcasts. I'm talking to homeless. Yeah. A lot yeah. of them. Yep. Yep. I, I do think that it's something that needs to be addressed, though, because with that comes help with, like... It's sad, because, yeah, you only get probably one shot at this life, I know, in this moment, and you want to see people happy and doing good. Dude, the the better we all do... 
or the better we do as individuals, the more of us that do good, the better we all do, right? Yep. So, like, why... Iron sharpens iron kind of thing. Yes. Yes. So, why... Why are we just ignoring, like, inner-city poverty and homelessness? Selfishness. Yeah, but what is it? Like, you know what I mean? I know it's a complicated question, but, like, what is it where a lot of the people at the top that have more money than they'll ever need, they're beyond generationally wealthy? Like, what... We got to a point in society where we quit relying on each other. (laughs) And so you don't feel you need anyone to help you. So you're doing your thing and Mm -hmm. I don't know, it helps maybe ignore. I don't know. I had a bomb ass idea the other day. Lay it on me. Let's say you make it to 500 million. Okay. Yeah. Some of these motherfuckers that make it to 500 million, they've got houses all over the world. They've got investments. They're living on interest, right? That 500 million is just sitting idle in an account or overseas, whatever. Then you got billionaires, right? I had an idea that would put that money back in the pool. You get to 500 million, you get a gold card. Because you can already buy whatever you want. So when you show up somewhere, I don't know, you go to Louis Vuitton, you put $170,000 worth of clothes on the counter, you go to the jewelry store, you put $8 million worth of clothes on the counter, you just give them your card. Oh, you're good, sir. You know what I mean? Because right now where (laughs) I get, you say, okay, that jewelry store is not getting the money. The Louis Vuitton's not getting the money, but they would be getting the money. You would just take it from, not necessarily government pool, because I don't trust the government with all that money. No. But you would take it from, like, a societal pool, right? You hit a billion dollars, you're running, I don't know, some billion dollar, and this is just me, like, trying to thought experiment, right? You own a billion, like Elon Musk, you're building Teslas. That money goes into a pool for society, right? Maybe every year we kind of vote on, all right, this is how much money is in that pool. Now we vote. Fuck all the politicians saying, hey, vote for this to, you know, vote for this funding. We just say, all right, education's pretty huge. How much is in there? $750 billion? Cool. Let's, uh, or hey, you know, these businesses are trying to start a new plant or they're trying to rebuild. Or, hey, we're thinking about building Teslas in this state. Then they can lobby and say, hey, so what about starting another Tesla facility? Like, how about we let the people start voting about what's going to happen with all that money? And again, Elon Musk can have a gold card and just get whatever he wants. You know what I mean? Fuck him. Hmm. But if once a year or every six months you know that there's $500 billion to vote on where it goes... I feel like people would be a little more engaged and say, hey, or if elections come around and somebody wants to build a new motor facility uh, or a new car plant or a new cement plant, whatever, they can lobby. They can say, or they could even have their own accounts up to $500 million to invest, but they say, uh, you know, we'd like to build this. It's going to bring these jobs, whatever. And then we vote to pass it. 
then there's accountability. Because now you can't just send that shit overseas. You can't just be like, cool, I'm at the top, I'm running this company, I own this corporation, I'm going to send this shit overseas. Because after it gets to a certain profit threshold, that money would go right back into the, the citizen's pool. Yeah. And then, how are you going to send it to Mexico or China to so they can make more money? Because the only incentive to do that is to fill your pockets. Not to help your people. Right. You say, fuck all the people that are building shit here. I got slaves over in China that'll build shit for a penny, a dollar, compared to what you're being paid. Which means more money for me. And I already have more money. But I want more money. That that also is a disease, you know. And then, again, this is, I haven't worked out all the kinks. But what's one of the big things people say about voting with your dollars? You know, if you don't like a company, don't buy their shit. Vote, right. with, vote with your dollars. What happened with Bud Light? People got tired of all the fucking... And they weren't even making cans I know. with that face on it, right? They were just... It was a social media thing. Here, we'll send you a can, you know, and then she posted it, and then shit went crazy. Because people, they weren't voting with their dollars because they didn't want the face on their cans of Bud Light. But they were just tired of society pushing that on them. Yeah. And it worked. We voted with our dollars. They lost over $20 billion worth of profits. Dude. I know. You know what I mean? Now, if if Bud Light was to come to the table and say, hey... We're thinking about making a new line of product, okay? Strictly for the transgender community. That'd have been one thing to try and get like public opinion. Or hey, you know just do some local polls. Don't do it across the whole country. But just do some local polls like, hey, you know, how would you feel if somebody yada 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 and then before you make that big decision to lose all that money, you have some polling stats. And you say, okay, 80% of the country says that they're not going to be happy. I think they uh, just made a statement. So hindsight for other com- companies. Yeah, yeah, it worked for other companies for sure. But for them... Oh, I meant just not to go that woke way. Yeah. But what I'm saying is if they would have done some polling, they probably wouldn't have went that woke way. They'd have been like, okay, the vocal minority is on They're just online. so... I mean, being a corporate... For a company like that, you're just so far away from reality that they just thought it was a thing because the media pushed it. Exactly. You're, again, the vocal minority. You're listening to the vocal minority. The people that are on those social media sites pushing that agenda are the people that are probably the most passionate about it, right? Just like if you go to Walmart or whatever and you go to walk-in and there's those people that are trying to get you to sign up for whatever, Right, those people are are the same people that'll be on Facebook trying to get you to buy into their agendas. Right. You go downtown Lansing, and there's a fucking parade, or there's a uh, protest. Right. How how many other people in the city aren't there? You're literally looking at the vocal minority, and those are the people that are screaming the loudest, and those right. are also the people that are online saying, "Hey." We need to accept this. Hey, we yeah. need to pass that. And that's all this, on, not all this online, but that's the majority of what's online, but it's the minority of what's right in society. So it definitely skews your reality. And when you're doing polls online, of course you're going to get people that are saying, hey, you know, I'm already online. Of course I 
I approve of this. Right. Or you open it up to um, other countries coming in and dissenting us by saying, hey, propaganda opportunity right here. Let's tear them apart by, by creating a bunch of bots that vote yes on this, you know. Like, you have to still do the footwork. Right. I, I feel like. Yeah. But if we could vote with our dollars in a way that, and again, it, I, and I, I know it's not the cleanest, but you'd have a loophole where you can have $499,999,999 in your account. Cool. Doesn't go public. Doesn't get touched by politicians. Nothing. But you cross that threshold, you get your gold card, you know, and then you can literally get whatever you want because $500 million, I think you could buy literally whatever and it wouldn't hurt the economy. Some of that shit would, that you pay for or that you buy would have to come out of the pool. But again, you know, Louis Vuitton, they break $500 million in profits. That goes right back into the so pool. So everything you make over that goes into a pool? Yes. In, Sounds like some Bernie stuff. Well, well, here's what I'm... But he wants the government to have it. Well, that's the thing is, like, I understand where it sounds like kind of communist, sounds kind of socialist. Or, I mean, even if it's based off state, so how many billionaires you have in your state, maybe uh, maybe your state can vote on where a portion of that money goes every year. Yeah, because right now, dude, we're just raising taxes, and it's just fucking the middle class, the lower class, and it's starting to get to the upper class, which is giving them more incentive to fuck us because... right. It's coming out of their pocket now. Right. So. And again, I haven't worked out all the kinks, but I feel like it would eventually even out, you know. I mean, if you're a crazy baller and you go and you spend $500 million a year, you know what I mean, on just stupid shit. Mm-hmm. You're not actually investing in a business or anything. Like, there's a bunch of billionaires, millionaires out there that are investing in things, right? Or they have most of their money in investments. Right. Which is another thing. If you want to put it in the stock market, good. That's going to help our economy. Wow. But if it's in a checking account or whatever, savings account. Right. Property, too. And I get, you know, property, you hold on to it. It's not doing anything, but it's retaining a natural resource. Yeah. You know, if you own a commercial, two, three commercial blocks... You know, all those businesses that are are on it are paying you rent or they're buying property from you. You want to sell it? I mean, that would go over $500 into the pool, you know. But Mm -hmm. let's just say you own 100,000 acres, rural, good. You're maintaining natural resources. You're not building on it. Maybe that would incentivize people to put money into land, you know. Put money into these places that need to be preserved instead of paved over so they can make more fucking money. You want to find a loophole to save your money, put it in land. You want to find a loophole to save your money instead of putting it overseas and all this shit where they're getting higher interest rates, you know what I mean, and it's not being taxed because it's not here on our land, which is one of the biggest incentives for them to move money around the world, let other banks use our money, Right. you know what I mean? It's like if you start incentivizing that type of shit, maybe, I don't know, this is just me theorizing, maybe we could actually start funding the growth of this country again. You want to put it in stocks so it's not actually in an account and being put into the community pool? Good. Put it in stocks because the more you put into these other companies, the more you play the game of the stocks, We gotta. you're investing in these companies to build up. we got to slow this inflation down. It's really hurting the, the 
Yeah. The elderly. Hurting everybody, dude. Yeah, it's hurting. How do you make a hundred grand a year and then still and not have be able to live the American dream? Making a hundred grand a year. It's ridiculous. But, How much did our grandparents make? Um I don't even know. Maybe, maybe. fifty, sixty thousand a year? Their first maybe. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. at their peak probably. At their peak. And they had property, houses, vacations, places out of state. Yeah, but yeah, I'm going to stretch this back out a little bit. All right. Well, we can, uh, what time is it? It's 11.30. We can always call it if you want. All right. I know it's a shorter one, but. We're going to come back when I get back from this Amsterdam trip. Yes, we're going to. Go pro a little bit and it'll be a good time. We're going to have to get caught up. Oh, I miss you so much, Good day, mate. I miss you too, man. And uh, mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to, one, you taking the trip, but two, your return in the stories. Like yeah. I said, document them day by day. Yep. Anything yeah. you want for a souvenir? Want an I Amsterdam shirt? Mm. I am Amsterdam. <laughs> they have them, dude. Do they? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, if um, if you see anything cool with a Guinness harp on it, that'd be mm. cool. But other than that, man, I just, I just want you to enjoy your trip. Picks. Picks for souvenirs. And then the story. Like guitar picks? No. <laughs> no. Ikea's like, um, give me some shells and rocks. Okay. Yeah. Like, oh, those are perfect. For real. You know, just come back and podcast, man. It'll be an eternal souvenir. Mm-hmm. You can listen back over it. Mm-hmm. She got a polisher yet? Yep. Good. She, she had the patience for it? Yeah. She She's just learn actually uh, got done polishing her last set of rocks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good. Yep. Alrighty. All right, bro. I love you. Love you, too. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Whistlepig. If you would like to support this podcast, please like and subscribe, rate and review, and follow on social media at Whistlepig Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and Rumble. You can email questions or comments to whistlepigpodcast at gmx.com. That's G as in girl, M as in man, X as in x-ray.com. And until you hear from me again, get outside, take a kid with you, 